Welcome back to the North American Supply Chain Summit. I'm Dooner here with Michael Vincent. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to have a great conversation now. I mean, yeah. you know, we saw the vaccines roll out on Sunday. We did. Lorianne LaRocco, mm-hmm. author, Trade War Containers Don't Lie. She has been following this thing all throughout the pandemic. Yeah. We're going to get her insights right now. Lorianne, thank you for joining us here today. Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing wonderful. It's, it's, uh, it's great to see you, Lorianne. Good to see you. So you've been, you've been covering this stuff, so maybe, we, I don't know, should we start at the back? What happened over the weekend? Who's Boyle? How do they get involved? I know you've been chasing that rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, sure. So uh, Andrew Boyle um, is, uh, they are one of the many silent uh, truckers out there, logistic uh, specialists that are moving this, uh, this vaccine. Uh, they actually uh, subcontract uh, for UPS Health. And so uh, they have been doing this for a very long time. This is not anything new. Uh, they have uh, defense uh, security. Uh, they, you know, this is old hat. And so it was pretty cool to see him and uh, the driver that was leading uh, the, the delegation, if you will, for Boyle was a female. And uh, she has 30 years and her husband is a 20 year plus veteran. Uh, for the U.S. Army, so it's uh, a lot of great, a lot of great news there. It, it, it is great news, and it's great news that everything is moving right now. What are the challenges? Uh, is there any hiccups right now, or you, what are the challenges that you see as they start to ramp this up? Uh, the number of vaccines they think they're going to be moving by the end of the year, and then, uh, or by yeah, by the end of this year, and then the ramp up from there. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, one of the biggest things that they're looking at right now is, and what every uh, logistics manager is looking at is the weather. Uh, you know, we've got this big uh, storm hitting the uh, the East Coast uh, starting tomorrow. Uh, that is something that Operation Warp Speed uh, did hit on uh, on their call with uh, the media yesterday. Um, and also just, you know, everything also from labels, just make sure that uh, the product uh, has the right labels on it, if it's uh, going to be priority, if it's going to be overnight, if it's going to be standard. So just really the regular logistics uh, problems that could arise, if you will, uh, within uh, within the supply chain. But the big thing that we're looking at right now is Mother Nature. And, uh, and also in terms of um, looking at Moderna, Moderna, that's where McKesson comes in. Uh, so um, I don't know if you guys have the, the graphic that I sent over, but it shows you in terms of what the federal government showed us, how Pfizer has its own rollout, if you will. Uh, they're using their own logistics team. But in the end, you've got FedEx and UPS moving that product uh, to the end game, whereas with Moderna and the other vaccines, you're going to have McKesson. So those are the two big differentials that you're going to see right now. Lorraine, there's been a lot of confusion about this stuff. And um, I, I think to be fair to the people who are just a little skeptical about the vaccine, I mean, there's some people who looked at those trucks and go, it's not even a reefer. How are they moving these things? Well, <laughs> I mean, if you know anything about reefers, they don't, they don't necessarily get cold, but they don't get cold enough to hold a vaccine, right? Yeah, no, they don't minus get to 90 ni- degrees. <laughs> minus 97 degrees <laughs> Celsius. So yeah. how are they being moved for the people out there who are being uh, skeptical or just curious? How are we keeping these things cold at uh, such cool temperatures? Oh, exactly. Well, with the, it doesn't matter if it's with Pfizer, Moderna, or the other vaccines. Uh, Pfizer has its own specially created box where it keeps it at that negative 78 degrees Celsius um, with, uh, with the help of dry ice. Uh, with Moderna, Operation Warp Speed has its own box. And every box has its own temperature gauge, if you will. So if the box falls out of temperature, 
it's going to start flashing and it's going to alert folks that it's fallen out of that efficacy range. Uh, in terms of looking at like the UPS truck, and you know, you pointed out, uh, you know, quite keenly that you know the UPS truck was not a reefer, a reefer container, a re mm. reefer truck. It didn't have the the AC units that we tend to see. But that's okay when you look at what's inside those containers. So you've got you you have the Pfizer boxes in the special UPS uh, active containers, keeping them cold. So there's other ways of keeping these uh, products cold without the traditional um, reefer container. So, Lorianne, I'm, I'm I'm interested in 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 the follow up, right? Because all of these require two doses, if I'm correct, right? Yeah. They, they 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 two. So when you first get it, I mean, they're going through the distribution order, and that's that's uh, uh, I guess difficult, but easier, I would suspect, than if people are volunteering to do it, right? So if they take it once, how do they guarantee they get that second one and it's the right vaccine the next time through the distribution channel? Do you have any insight on that? I do. Uh, well, with Tiberius, that is the data collection system uh, that is through nationwide with the with the uh, with the territories as well. Whereas every administration site, so if you go in for your vaccine, you are going to be told which vaccine you are getting. This is, of course, is once the other vaccines are. Um, if they are indeed approved and rolled out. So you know what vaccine you're going to get. You're going to also receive text messages as well as reminder card to say, hey, listen, you need to come back in either the 21 days or the 28 days, whatever vaccine you might have. Um, also, Operation Warp Speed, they're going to be monitoring uh, those doses, and that's based on the administration site. So the folks that are at the Walgreens, the CVS, or the hospitals, they're in charge of putting that information into Tiberius, and then Operation Warp Speed will then know when the mate of that vaccine needs to get to uh, the appropriate location. And so that's how it's going to be like that constant cadence, if you will, of the deployment of the vaccine. How, how much spoilage do you think there will be? How many of these vaccines are we going to lose along the way? And do we have enough? I'm, I'm sure some of you have read reports that the federal government turned down buying more of the Pfizer vaccine, so it was prioritized to other countries. Um, what's going on there? Well, we we did ask. Uh, my colleague, uh, Meg Tyrell from CNBC, asked Operation Warp Speed um, over the weekend. We were on the call about spoilage, and they did acknowledge that, you know, it is something that, that could happen. They would not give a number in terms of how much. Um, it, you know, it's it, it's one of those. This is unforeseen, right? This is historic that we're going through right now. Um, but you know, their main goal, of course, is to try not to have as much spoilage as possible. But this is a very um, it's a, it's an intense type of uh, deployment, if you will, when it comes to the supply chain where they only have minutes to move the vial of the vaccine into a special container to then move it off to a different location. But in terms of that, while it is highly specialized and you only have minutes, if you will, McKesson and other medical distributors, they have that experience. So it's not like this is the first time that these individuals are going to have to handle something that's so precious. Mm. So, you know, Lorianne, one of the questions that keeps coming up as we talk about this stuff is the dis disruption to the rest of the supply chains, right? How does this, how is this going to affect? And we hear from Operation Warp Speed and, and others uh, that are in charge of this that uh, they've got the uh, ability to handle all this and there should be no disruption to the rest of it. Is that what you're seeing? Is that your assessment? 
Absolutely. Because, you know, while there's, I like to call a lot, there's a lot of Karens out there that are trying to poo-poo that we're not going to be able to get all this out and that the Amazon packages that we want for Christmas or Hanukkah are not going to arrive on time. It's not true. And here's why. You have to have DOD clearance. You have to have a special pharmaceutical license. These are not just your everyday box drivers that are going to be moving this product. And so that part of the system, that capacity is already factored in. And so while I did speak with Boyle and they did, they did say to me on the phone that some packages like say the, non, the, the non-perishables might have to be moved on say like a Saturday or Sunday, um, the vaccine will move through, but it, the disruption overall to getting your honey baked ham or to getting you know, your toilet paper, it's going to get there. But it's also the fact that we are also, um, the online shopping this season now more than ever has been so, comp- it's, it's so clogged. So it's not really, you really can't blame the vaccine and the movement because those people are highly specialized and they're not moving that product that we're going to be buying on big box retailers. Lorian, I have the uh, I have the ports on my mind. I got the C's on my mind after talking to Gene Soroka from the Port of L.A. You have a, you were looking at a report here where carriers are rejecting U.S. Ex- exports in favor of sending back empties. What's going on there? Well, I mean, it's while it may not be profitable to send an empty container back, it's more profitable on the on the front end where they're going to fill those products up with uh, Chinese goods. So what we're seeing is, um, as you know, and um, as American Shippers been reporting as well, um, that the the carriers have told ag exports, which are time consuming to load and unload, and uh, they're a slower product because they've got to go out to the far, further regions, if you will, of China or Asia. Um, they don't want them. You know, they'd rather get the empty container back to China, load it back up with uh, whatever we're buying and get it back. But the problem is, is that it's exasperating our trade deficit. And there is a value of what we are not transporting. And in the end, it's going to have an impact on our GDP because we're not moving product out. But more importantly, it's not even just the United States now. Um, I've spoken with colleagues over in the U.K., where they too are having their exports rejected in favor of getting empties back to China. I mean, China really is winning this overall uh, trade war and as well as what's going on with the coronavirus. So with the new administration, the uh, Biden administration coming in, uh, do you foresee that uh, us making a comeback in this losing war? Yeah, what is happening with that trade war? Well, we're losing. I mean, no matter no matter what, you know, there's no way to to sugarcoat it, you know. But but I mean, since uh, since uh, the, the we've had a historic amount of um, of the of the trade deficit with China with President Trump this year alone, um, and the problem is is that China has found other countries to trade with. We have been able to be replaced as it relates to not entirely with our ag product, but, you know, they can buy a good portion of their soybeans from Brazil. Um, you know, they can buy their um, other products, at, you know, with other countries. And that's also has changed in terms of where you're looking at Brazil, even exporting more soybeans than we are to uh, the likes of Turkey um, and, uh, and over in the UK. So with Biden, this is not the top of his agenda. The top of the agenda is winning the war with COVID and to getting, you know, the shots in the arms. And, and he's been very 
um, forthright in this. Um, I have had uh, the honor of talking to folks within uh, the incoming administration about trade, and they follow a lot of my trade work. Um, they are keeping an eye on it, but as of right now, it's going to be, I mean, you've heard it's going to be the mask mandate, and it's going to be, you know, trying to kick COVID's butt. Wow. And it sounds like this trade war, in a, in a lot of ways, it only made China stronger. We just talked to Gene. Yeah. The Port yeah. of LA is clogged with, with yeah. Uh, yeah. imports which came from China and, and other countries. Those aren't, those aren't made in the USA goods that are sitting right there. And then China also increased the scope of who they're trading with. So right. I don't know. doesn't sound great. Maybe we can fix that over the next four, eight years or whatever. Lorianne, we have about well, two thanks. minutes left. What, uh, what are you looking forward to in 2021? What do you see happening in the supply chain? And what are you looking forward to covering? Well, within 2021, I would love to see how um, the future of trucking, you know, as we start seeing more inoculations across the United States, you know, will the trucking schools reopen? Uh, will the uh, older Americans that drive the nation's trucks, you know, will they will they hop back in that cab, right, once they get uh, get inoculated? Um, that'll help, as you know, with, uh, with the capacity issue. Um, also looking forward in terms of, you know, just the trade war itself, just trying to see, can America get its footing back in there? Um, will the FMC tell the carriers, you've got to start uh, taking U.S. ag exports back in? Based on the flow of trade, I've been looking at it, and grain is not even coming out in bulk because trade normally flows somewhere. And as of right now, a lot of that ag export is not moving. So those are the things that I'm looking for. Uh, next year. Lorianne, we want to thank you so much for your time today. Where do we send people to, to follow you to learn more information and to read your articles? Sure. Well, I write for American Shipper and uh, I break a lot of news on my LinkedIn column um, as well as, uh, you know, I tweet out what I can. So that's where you can find me. <laughs> thank you so Excellent much, Lorianne. We appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thank you, Lorraine. She brought up a she brought up a she brought up a great point too about the the drivers and the driving schools. So many of yeah. them are shutter drivers can't even get their CDL if they want it. She uh, she'd mentioned a fact to me um, off air that uh, the schools were down anywhere between thirty to fifty percent in new drivers just passing through. So a really big challenge, Michael Vincent. It's a huge huge challenge to get that pipeline refilled. Well, we're going to be addressing more of those challenges in the North American supply chain right here at this summit. Stick with us. 